When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We could go ahead and get started there. You'll tell me a little bit about the Orphan King and, uh, you know, how was that recorded and, and who did you work with on that? Yeah, cool, man. Like the Orphan King is kind of everybody, I guess. But like um, I worked with uh, Simone Felice, uh, the guy who did uh, the Luminaires last record. He was in the band, the Felice Brothers. I don't know if you know them. The crazy, awesome, off the rails. I love them. Oh, me too, man. I was a huge fan. So I, when I met him, I was psyched. And he has this barn studio up in Palinville, which is right next door to um, Woodstock. And so we recorded it basically in a barn in the woods with no separation. It was just everybody in the room. So all the takes are live and it kind of feels live, I think. Really cool. And how did you record that? Was that done to tape or was that done, you know, tech side? How did you do that? Um, the, the engineer, Pete Hanlon, who was a front of house guy for a really good friend of mine, Rachel Yamagata, he, he engineered it. Um, and so it was, you know, it was using like pro tools and, you know, it was a digital deal. So it was old school, new, new school. And how did you get connected with Simone? I met, uh, Simone through, uh, through Pete and I was talking to a couple of producers at the time cause I had a little pile of songs and you know, Simone was kind of a long shot, but like we just met and at his studio and he, and two seconds in, he was like, play me one of your new songs, you know? And I was like, all right. So I played him one of the new songs and he goes, try this. What if you pulled this out, move this here now try it again. And his ideas were really smart, which is exactly what I was looking for. You know, I was looking for somebody who can kind of song doctor a little bit. Everything got better in working with him. He has a great sense for that. I love the space, by the way. I had time uh, to thanks, observe. Man. It's really cool. Yeah, check it out. There's like uh, the piano's right there. And then uh, let's see. Hold on. One other thing. Let's see if you can see it. It's my dog. Hey, doggy. <laughs> can you see him? Yeah. Hey, Frapple. Frackies. <gasps> Look who it is. <gasps> Look who it is. Who's this? <laughs> so picking back up, let's see here. So you've recently been working with Larry Campbell and Teresa Williams, and I wanted to hear a little bit about how you got connected with them. Well, um, that's through Simone. Um, you know, once he heard the songs, I came in and played, you know, I had like 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. I played them for him, and he was like just sitting there. He goes, hold on a second, I'm gonna call my friend Larry. Well, I didn't know who Larry was, um, right, by his first name anyway. So he picks up the phone, they're chit-chatting. Larry's like, yeah, sure, I'll come in. So, it's, I mean, it's fucking Larry Campbell, you know. And so uh, 
it just happened like that, you know. And then he came in. We did a song together. It was I was so nervous playing in front of him, you know. Like that guy is a legend. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So then, and then we needed some background vocals. So Larry calls Teresa, you know, two calls. And next thing you know, you have like these legends just sitting around picking parts. It's incredible. And that form that turned into uh, a video for your new single, Less Broken Now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. tell me about that video and where you guys shot that at? That was actually in the studio. That was in the barn. So, um, you know, his records are in the background. And uh, we just went through it a couple of times. And those guys are unbelievable. Because on the record, they played different things and sang different things. Mm -hmm. But sitting there in the room, we just kind of were harmonizing and... Um, um, yeah, it was really, really amazing to hear those guys. Larry is unbelievable. Like, this guy is flawless. Like, after everything that happens when we were making the record, um, after every take, everybody who was singing or playing would look to Larry to be like, did I get it? You know? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you did, except for that one little bar, one little part, you know, and you got to redo that. But he was, he's got this, he hears everything, that guy. Wow. So you're a multi-instrumentalist yourself, right? I mean, you write on piano or on guitar when you're when you're formulating songs. What is your preference? Well, um, it's generous. That's very generous to call me that. I appreciate it. Um, I've been like kind of a three car, a John Prine kind of three chord guitar guy, you know, for many years. But I've been learning the piano. And what I like to do is take a song if I've written it on the guitar and play it on the piano, which I'm not as good at. So some of the mistakes force a different feel mm -hmm. um, and then vice versa if I do something over there I try to switch it over um, as a tool to just see it through a different filter mm -hmm. and so you're based in New York City I see and uh, what brought you there ha. Um, I came to New York actually one of the songs is a song called without you when I was living I was living in Washington DC and the person I was seeing at the time you know, uh, I found out, I found some texts, so I, I found out that she was uh, untrue. So, um, and then also, she may or may not have been selling my financial information to a gang. And so, um, wow. I, was, I was like, that's the last straw, I'm moving. So I moved to New York, and uh, that's where that song Without You came from. I was sitting in my apartment, and um, no furniture, which is great sound-wise. And, uh, and I was just like, wow, without you, you know? Wow. So living amongst, you know, the millions of people that are in New York City, are you, uh, are you able to find solitude and for songwriting pretty easily in your apartment? Well, in the apartment, yeah. You know, there's so much going on outside in there. It's incredible. New York's a, a beehive. And, um, but yeah, no, it, it, I, can find, I can find it here, and especially in Woodstock. You know, like I can't see any neighbors, so I can make a lot of noise. So you didn't come to songwriting until recently, really. And uh, I was wondering if there was a learning curve for you or if it sort of just fell into place pretty easily. Um, I would say definitely a learning curve. That's why I went to Nashville to study with a lot of songwriters like Beth Nielsen Chapman, Daryl Scott, Mary Gaucher, Guy Clark was one of the instructors because um, I wanted to see how they do it. And there's a guy in California, Steve Seskin, who's written a lot of hits. Not a, he's not a performer, 
But I spent a lot of time with these guys just trying to understand like how the song, the mechanics of the song were. So um, I came to it late for sure. Um, and, and you know, I guess being naive is not necessarily a bad thing. Like half the things I've ever done in my life, I wouldn't have done if I knew how hard they were. So um, uh, in a weird way, not knowing is an asset because you just keep going. And that's probably the most important thing is to keep going. And so you're an independent solo songwriter. I mean, you don't have like a band really, right? No, I've been playing lately with um, a couple of folks. I've been playing with this woman, Ann Klein who's a guitar player. She played with Ani DeFranco. She's been in some Broadway shows. She's uh, a true badass and a real great musician. And then a, a fiddle player, Lorenza Ponce, who plays with uh, like Bon Jovi. So these guys are like, it's like getting into a really nice car. You know, like they just, it goes, you know, so you gotta kind of keep up. But it's really kind of fun. They know exactly what they're doing. You know, like rehearsing with them was fun. You know, they move notes around and it's like there's a real awareness it's kind of cool to work with people at that level that's cool so you enjoy collaboration i do you know i know a lot of people like to work by themselves but like for me that's kind of the whole thing i only really wanted to write songs i never wanted to be a performer you know like i just wanted to write songs to col to collaborate mm -hmm. to meet interesting people songwriting is the coolest thing you get in a room with a total stranger and they tell you the worst thing that's ever happened to them <laughs> in three minutes and then you try to write about it, make some art out of it. So it's not like a long, drawn-out writing experience for you? Like you, you kind of sit and knock it out pretty quickly? Well, I, the better ones happen fast. Mm -hmm. And I know the rap guys do that. If, they, if, if there's something that doesn't happen quickly, they just jettison it. Um, I will tend, uh, and it's based on my own um, lack of IQ, but I will try to wrestle a song to the ground for five years and then do like 90 drafts and then get rid of it. <laughs> you mentioned that you didn't necessarily want to be a performer when you started out, but you are a performer now. And uh, I was wondering where do you perform best, like small rooms or in bigger venues? Um, do you mind mm. the distractions of bigger venues? You know, what's your preference? I think small intimate rooms are cool where you kind of feel like you're having a conversation. Um, I haven't been in that many really big places. Like Telluride, that was pretty big. There's a few that I've been in that are kind of sizable. Um, but um, I think smaller rooms uh, for me feel pretty cool. It'd be interesting. I think theaters are the best, you know, especially for storytelling, seated theaters are the best, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, unless I toured with a band, which presents a whole other set of logistical challenges. So speaking of touring, you mentioned Rachel Yamagata earlier. I wondered how you connected with her and where you guys went and you know how that experience was. Um, Rachel I met through my friend John Alasia, who I've known for many, many years. He's a producer. You know, he's done things like um, John Mayer's first record, Dave Matthews' first record, uh, Jason Mraz, and Rachel's. So um, I knew John forever, and John was like, oh, I'm working with this girl who's living in Chicago. Why don't you come to the studio? So I came. I met her. She let me sit in the room when she was recording her first record, and we just stayed friends and stayed in touch. And then one day, I was sort of doing this music thing in secret, yeah. and she came into the studio. I was working with John, and she was like, you are doing songs? Like, what? And then she wanted to hear them. And then a couple months went by, she picks up the phone, she goes, 
how would you like to open for me on a 45 city tour in North America? <laughs> Let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let me think about it. But like, that's the thing. It's like somebody who reaches down and picks you up is like, that's what happens. I so, think. So she gave a lot of power to your creativity that may have been dormant. Yeah, that was kind of cool. She's like that though. She actively looks to help people. So helping people, I, I saw that you were involved in something called Artists Without Walls, and I was wondering if you could tell me about that. Uh, Artists Without Walls is a showcase for people from around the world, and um, it features different artists. It gives them a platform um, to so there's no boundaries. Uh, it has a strong Irish contingent, actually, and that I found myself newly Irish. So... Um, uh, I was sort of embraced by that organization and went in and did a few um, showcases with them. So you have a good fan base in Ireland now, huh? Well, I'm able to play shows there. You know, it's pretty amazing, like, because the story's so weird. You know, like, American guy takes a DNA test, finds out that he's not Russian, but he's Irish, you know, at age 50, you know, so, you know, it, get, it got some news there. Because so many people leave Ireland to come to New York. Very few people go from New York back to Ireland to kind of find their connection, which is my kind of my story. So you took one of these mail-in DNA tests. Yeah. And found some big news, huh? Yeah, man. Like when you, there's a disclaimer on the side of the box. You should pay attention to it if you're going to do it. You know, it says, uh, only do this if you're willing to get the results. And so when I, my results came back, I was like, get out. So it turns out that I'm Irish when I grew up in a Russian family. Wow. So it turns, it turns out I learned, I don't know, six years ago, that my father's actually wasn't my father. Wow. Yeah, it was heavy. I could see why songwriting is an important thing for you now. <laughs> yeah, you can lose your mind if you don't have an outlet. Yeah. So as many songwriters do, you've worked a lot of random jobs over the years. And I was wondering if you could tell me about some of the more interesting experiences that you've had and what jobs you've worked. Wow, man, I've done, I worked at the, the butt end of a Teflon kiln, like Teflon pots, stacking them into tens. I was uh, nailing lightning rods on the top of roofs on a ranch in Wyoming. I did uh, branding cattle also. Like I've had a lot of random weird gigs. I worked at a budget rent-a-car yeah. um, in Boston at the airport at Logan, you know, just like changing fluids. Uh, met, I've met a lot of characters along the way. Maybe we'll hear some of these stories in your songs to come. Yeah. So The Orphan King, when can people expect that out? Uh, the Orphan King comes out in um, February 23rd. So uh, very soon. And I'm excited because there's a lot of cool... I listened to the record and working with uh, Simone and Larry, a lot of smart choices. I, I feel like what we did. And um, I'm very curious to see what happens because it's been like kind of, you know, under wraps for a period of time. So now we'll see like if, if anybody else likes it. Yeah. Are you going to hit the road with that and tour around? Yeah, there's, a few, there's some CD release shows. There's a couple of tours pending. So I'm kind of waiting to hear what happens. There's some opening for Larry and Teresa on their stuff. There's some stuff in uh, Europe and in, in the UK and then also Ireland and Germany. So um, it's, uh, 
is, and I'm going to go to Folk Alliance in February also and do a bunch of showcases there. Cool. So people can look for you there. Yeah, in Kansas City. Awesome. And where can people find these tour dates at? Uh, at edromanoff.com. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Thank you so much, Ed. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Oh, Sam, it's been fun to talk to you, man. And now we're friends. Cheers, man. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.